we need laborers in the field. He said it was ripe. The laborers was few. So we need some to get out in the field. Nehemiah here tonight in chapter number 9. And verse number 17, as you stand for the reading of God's word, the Bible said, And refused to obey, neither were mindful of the wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon. Gracious, merciful, and merciful, slow to anger, and of a great kindness, and forsook us them not. Boy, ain't you glad of that. Father, help me just a little while, that, Father, I might be able to speak to these precious people tonight. Let me say, blessed be the name of the Lord for the good report we heard about our sister there. Thank you, Father, for leaving here with us, Lord, that we could testify about the love and the mercy and the grace of God. So, Lord, let the preaching be easy tonight, the listening be easy tonight, that we would all grow in that grace and knowledge. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Aren't you glad you've got a God that's ready to pardon? Amen. I'm glad for that myself. I'll be honest with you. I don't deserve his pardon. No, I don't. There ain't nothing I could do that would merit that. But if you'd read verse 18 with me, Yea, when they had made them a molten calf and said, This is thy God that brought thee up out of Egypt and had wrought great provocation. Listen, that dead, cold, gold calf couldn't do one thing. And yet they wanted to bow down and worship it and give it the credit for coming out of bondage. Ah, Lord, you say, well, how dumb is them people? About as dumb as they are today. Amen. <laughs> he said there in verse 17, are you there with me? That he was ready to pardon. Aren't you glad that he's a God of readiness? He don't have to get ready. He stays ready. Amen. He don't have to think about it. Terry, I'm glad he don't have to pray about it. Amen. He ain't got to question it. Amen. I mean, he knowed everything from the very moment you was born to the very moment you die. He knows everything about you in, in and out, up and down, good or bad. He knows everything about us. So he's ready, he said, even to pardon. Now think about what he said here. They made a golden calf and give it the glory. But he's still ready to pardon. Ain't that something? That ought to make you shout tonight that we've got a God that's ready to pardon us. Say amen, somebody. Turn in the book of Job chapter 15. Now stay with me as we lay some groundwork. Job 15 and verse number 23. He wandereth abroad for bread. Saying, where is it? He knoweth that the day of darkness is ready at his hand. Listen, folks. The God that we serve don't have to get ready to serve. 
Amen. I mean, if he wants it to be dark, it's going to be dark. If he wants it to be light, it's going to be light. If he wants you to have some bread, there'll be bread fall from heaven. If he wants you to have some meat, he'll fly in a bunch of quail. Amen. We got scripture for all of that, right? He's a God that stays ready. Why don't we stay ready? My answer in advance is yes. My answer in advance is yes, Lord. Whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to say, my answer in advance is yes. Then why do we not stay ready? Why do we not stay ready? I know Brother Terry's run into this, and I'm sure Chris probably has. How about coming and preach for me? Well, I'll pray about it. Uh, go with us to Jamaica. I'll pray about it. Listen, if you're a preacher, you ain't got to pray about preaching. You might have to pray about what you're going to preach. But he said, be ready. You'd have to pray about getting on an airplane real hard. You don't think he can be high with you. <laughs> Here we have Dalton Thomas right in the midst of us already tonight. He thinks he's going to mess up my message, but I'm going to get him ready to fly. He'll leave here looking like a chicken. <laughs> hey, if God wants you on that plane, big boy, you'll be on that plane. <laughs> I remember when I was first saved and started preaching, I really wanted to go to Australia. I wanted to preach to them guys over there. You know, I wanted to be in that wild horse roundup. You know, Snowy River, return to Snowy River and all of that. I thought, God, I want to go. i never forget my precious wife said, Now, honey, if you go, you're going without me. I said, well, honey, if God wants me to go, I'll have to go. She said, well, you just pray he don't kill me so you can go. <laughs> I knew if God wanted me to go, he'd get her prepared to go if he wanted her to go. God's able to do that. He's a God of readiness, amen. The trouble of it is when he's ready, most of the time we're not. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we want a jellyfish. Lord, I can't fly low. I'm with you. <laughs> Even Satan used Scripture to his own advantage. Say amen right there. <laughs> I believe sometimes we'll do the same. Amen. If we're ready and we know God is ready, we know God is able. Amen. Listen, if God sends you, He can keep you. Think about this, Chris. If... <laughs> If God wanted you killed with an airplane, he'll drop one on your head. <laughs> That's exactly right. And we are in the flight path of Charlotte. So we have thousands come over every week. So he's got a lot of choices he could drop in your lap, right? Hello. I believe God's out of readiness that if we're on a plane, hey, he can keep it. He can keep it safe. He can keep it in the air. Amen. Amen. We're going to go the way God wants us to go, and we're not going to go before. Matter of fact, just last week, there was one lady. 
She has the Guinness Book of World Records for surviving a plane crash from 37,000 feet. She's the only person that was survived. They haven't figured out how. I said, well, that's easy. God said, you ain't a dying today. Ain't your day. Amen. You ain't dying today. This, this ain't your day. Devil try to threaten me with it, won't he? Amen. He threatened me with it, told my wife. They did it. Morgan said he won't live to get to Winston-Salem. That's just the threat of the devil's crowd. They didn't know the God I serve. My God's ready. Amen. I'm glad somebody didn't have to go get him off a vacation. Amen. They didn't have to cry and cut themselves, scream and holler. He is already ready. He's just waiting for us to call upon him. I'm glad we have a He is ready. Are you ready to work on that building? Hey, I'm going to get you in shape yet. Amen. I'm going to get you in shape yet. Are you with me? He's ready at hand. Can I say this? And I've asked this about a lot of men. Is your husband handy? You know, I don't get very many women that says, yeah, he's real handy. Y'all didn't get it. I'll move on. Job chapter 18. Kristen, is your husband real handy? Praise God, he's good for something. Job 18 and verse number 12. His strength shall be what? Hunger bit and destruction shall what? Be ready at his side. You know what about our God? Our God can either build up, kill, or destroy at any moment. He's God. See, we think we serve a God that is not able to do away because he's so merciful. I read in my Bible where they were serving that golden calf and the ground swallowed not one, not two, not three, but thousands. Hello? The ground opened up and swallowed them. So he is a God of wrath. He is a God of love. He is a God of mercy. Are you with me? Say amen. Listen, he can destroy at any time he chooses. That was part of the Sunday school lesson this morning, wasn't it, brother? When God said there ain't going to be no more nation, it can be destroyed. When God said Sodom and Gomorrah was going to burn, brother, they're still looking for it. They think they found the foundation. I doubt it. My God didn't even leave the foundation, I don't think. When he burned her up, he burned her up. Amen. They might have found a city that burnt, but I don't think it's Sodom and Gomorrah. I may be wrong, but I don't think so. When God wiped her clean, brother, she's clean. Listen, you think God is not a God of destruction? He can destroy. He's ready. But he's also a God of mercy. That's the part we don't understand. Uh, you know, if you think about Nineveh, an unruly subject went and preached to a crowd he didn't like. He wanted God to burn them up, do away with them. Amen. He had to spend three days in the fish's belly to get him prepared to make the journey. 
and he still wasn't happy. Sat down. <laughs> Boy, there's the Baptist come out in him. Deliver the message and sat down. Got right made him madder than a wet hen. How many got my groundhog message this week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He only shows up once a year and really wants to be taken serious. Yeah, he's got to be a Baptist for sure, right? They show up once a year and they... they <laughs> Oh, God help me, I'm getting in trouble here, I know. They show up <laughs> They show up once a year, and they thank you or to cater to them. That one day, I'm going to be here one day, preacher, now you better cater to me, right? That's a real Baptist, isn't it? He said, free will. Hey, it'll fit. I know free wills, it's that way. Yeah. I've got a free willing spirit to stay at home when I want to. I've got a free willing spirit to pay my tithes when I want to. I've got a free willing spirit to, to come to church if I want to or don't want to, go fishing, whatever. But I expect God to be there the moment that I die to receive me and give me first place in heaven. Woo, don't work that way, does it? I'm talking about a God that's ready tonight. <laughs> Kristen, have you ever thought about when they stand before God and they're really pompous, you know, I've done this, I've done that, and they walk up to God like God's going to bow down to them. And God looks them eyeball to eyeball and says, Depart, I never knew you. That's going to let the wind out. Eh? What? <laughs> A good friend of mine, is a plumber over in Asheville. And this particular doctor's got a $3 million house over there. But in the winter, he only heats one room, the room he's in. So my friend, every other month, was having to go to his house to fix a frozen pipe. And he said, I got tired of going over there in the middle of the night. And he said, we're going through this $3 million home and here's all of these degrees from all of these places where he went to school. And he said, I took my time, stopped and read every one of them. Said, every one I read, said that doctor got the boasting in himself. And said, you went to all these colleges? Yes, sir. You majored in all of that stuff and your highest marks and all of those? Yes, sir. Hank said that hallway must have been 100 foot long. There must have been 50 foot of them certificates where he'd graduated. And Tink said he looked at him and said, all of this schooling, all of them years, and all of them certificates, and nobody ever told you that water freezes at 32 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I ain't never been asked back to fix another leak. See, he's boasting in himself. But it ain't too smart if you got a $3 million home and you're only heating one room. Come on. Why don't you just have a one-room house and put the $3 million in the bank and quit robbing people that you're waiting on? Amen, somebody. But God said he is ready. But that doctor 
was not ready for that answer. He never, ever to this day has went back to that doctor's house. And I don't blame him. Because when that doctor called, whether it's 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, he expected that man to get up and go to his house and fix that water leak and fix it for my near nothing. Tink said, I never, ever give him a bill that he didn't complain about. Now think about this. Our God is ready for mercy, for grace, or for wrath. He's a God that has always been and always will be ready. Now listen, he's ready for you to come. He's ready for you to show up. He's got a place prepared. But are you ready to meet him? Ooh, that could hurt a little bit, couldn't it? Are you listening? Do you believe what I'm preaching tonight? He's able. He's willing. Listen, turn with me in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number uh, 27 and verse number 11. Isaiah 27 and verse number 11. When the boughs thereof are withered, they shall be broken off. The women come and set them on fire. For it is a people of no understanding. Therefore he that made them will not have mercy on them. He that formed them will show them no favor. We're getting serious now. Are you with me? Say amen. I'm glad God loves me tonight. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall beat off from the channel of the river under the stream of Egypt, and ye shall be gathered one by one, O ye children of Israel. And it shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown, and they shall come which were ready to perish. In the land of Assyria, and in the outcasts in the land of Egypt, and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount of Jerusalem." I like what the old timer said. There was never, ever, ever an atheist in the foxholes in the wars. When the bullets got to flying, said all them that claimed to be atheists got to hollering out for God's help. Deep down in our hearts tonight, we know there is a God. Deep down in our hearts tonight, we know we didn't make ourselves. Deep down in our heart tonight, we know we need a Savior to save us. Amen. Now listen, you might think you're ready to perish, but really are you? Are you ready for God to come this moment, this hour? (laughs) Let me go back to my black friend down there on 18, done the drugs, He wanted to do the biggest portion. You remember me telling that story? And when he'd done it, Daniel, done a big toke on that rock. He said, I looked up and the sky was on fire. And he said, I said, oh God, not now. I'm not ready to meet you. Him and his brother backed off over the corner of the woods, hoping that God wasn't coming at that moment. Isn't it funny that at the moment, 
in the twinkling of an eye. God can come, and one day we'll come. But are we going to be ready when that day comes? He was testifying to me that day about his wife. He had told his wife, I'll go to church with you tonight. They're having revival. It wasn't 200 yards above his house. But he had rather done that rock with his brother. He got selfish and wanted to do more, get more. And what he got was saved because God showed him hell was one breath away. And it could come at any moment. Boy, he'd tell that, tears running down his face. He said, man, when I come down off that high, I went to church. He said, I quit lying, God, and quit playing it. Because God might come any second. You know how many church folk are not looking for God to come today. Am I serious tonight? Yes, I am. I know a lot of church folk. Listen to me. Got their name on the roll. Been baptized. Got certificate on the wall where they've been baptized. Got certificates of what church they belong to. Some of them's got things from Sunday school and perfect attendance and all this, and they know not God. They're lost, undone, without a Savior. They're not ready for God to show up today. They're not ready for God to be in the moment of twinkling of an eye in their room, in their house, calling their name, say amen. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that we think we can fool God? In the book of Luke tonight, God knows where we've been. God knows where we're going. Luke chapter 14, verse number 17. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground and I must need go and see it. Can I say something right there? If you go tomorrow to see that ground, is it going to move? You're going to have to hunt it down? I don't think so. He said, I pray thee have me excuse. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. That's the working crowd. I pray thee have me excuse. Another said, I have married a wife <laughs> and therefore I cannot come. Daniel, when I read that, I, I thought to myself, what kind of wife did he marry? I mean, is she going to leave him tonight? She ain't hanging around for another day or two? What kind of marriage have they got? Lord, help us, Jesus. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house began, and notice this, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed, the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. Stop right there. Reckon we could seat one or two more in here tonight? I believe we could squeeze at least five in, don't you? Are you with me? Say amen. The feast is ready, folks. It really is. I wish I could say tonight beyond a shadow of a doubt 
hey, you've got 24 hours and that's it. But I've seen doctors give that prescription and it never worked. They told my neighbor that lived across the road from me where Randy and Laura lives, his wife had brain cancer, told her, said, you've got six months, get your fires in order, you'll be gone. She lived six months with 11 years on top of it. 11 years and six months before she left. And every day that she lived, I thought, well, that doctor don't know nothing. That doctor don't know nothing. But I tell you this, when the Lord calls your number, you're leaving. You're leaving. There ain't enough doctors in this world to keep you here. There ain't enough medicine. There ain't enough know-how. When God said it's time no more, guess what? Time no more. Whether it's one of us or all of us. Amen. There's going to come a time when he steps out and says, go get my children. And he's going to come. The feast is ready. Now did you notice who he invited? Then he said, go into the streets. That allowed me and you to get in. Amen, preacher. Amen. Thank God for that. Amen. If there's any good out of that, it's because you and I were allowed to get in. Amen. First Peter, if you will, tonight. Chapter number 1. First Peter chapter number 1, verse number 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Salvation is ready. Are you ready? Hope has always been that you'll be ready. Uh, uh, let me help somebody tonight. You know, listen, I, I don't want to make you mad or get you upset, but sometimes we pray the wrong prayer. God save them. Listen, Jesus died to save them. We ought to be praying, God, let them live long enough they see they need to be saved. Amen. Amen. Hey, God's standing there willing to save them. He wants them to be saved. I know when I was praying for my son, that's a prayer that I prayed. I said, God, you let him live till he realizes he truly needs you. Amen. I mean, hey, if death come when he was lost, what was daddy going to say over his casket? I wouldn't lie for him. I'd have to point to that casket and say, he fell in the hands of a just and living God. But his life didn't show evidence God was in his life. You know one of the first preachers, Brother Rufus Edmonston, he was one of the first preachers I ever heard say, my brother died and went to hell. I said, surely not, Rufus. He said, I was there two weeks ago and begged him. And said, he said, no to the Lord. No, I'm not ready. No, I don't want to be saved now. And I thought, Lord, a man sick, done had a heart attack, and they didn't give him much time, and yet he's still not ready. But none of us know how much time we got. None of us, not a single person in here knows how much time we got. I'm preaching on be ready. Are you ready? Salvation is at hand. Are you ready? First Peter chapter number four and I'll close tonight.
Verse number 5. Who shall give an account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? Brother Terry, I'm really glad for this thing. A lost person is not glad for this, but a saved person is. He knows the very intent of my heart. Not just the words I say, not just the actions I do, but he knows the very intent of my heart. He knows if you're ready, he knows if you're not. 1970, I was laying in the hospital fixing to have another operation on my hand and my face. A nun come in to pray with me. Son, are you ready to meet God if God comes for you? I lied like a dog. Yes, ma'am, I'm ready to go. If God had come right then, I'd have went to hell as sure as I'm standing here tonight. But see, we'll lie ourselves. Never had a personal experience in salvation. Never fully surrendered my heart to Him. So how could I stand and say to somebody, I'm ready. That's just to appease yourself. If God had come and got me during that surgery, I'd have went to hell as sure as I'm standing here. Why? Because I was lost. Let me say this also. It wasn't that God hadn't dealt with me either. As a 12-year-old boy in Mount Calvary Free Will Baptist Church, God dealt with me. And I went to the altar and I left lost. How do you know that you left lost? You was crying. You was praying. You know how I know I was lost when I left? Wasn't no change. Wasn't no difference. God was wanting to save me. God wanted me to come that day and surrender all. But I didn't. But I fooled the whole church. Oh, he got it. No, he didn't. Look at his life when he left. Next 20 years of my life was pure hell. For everybody that was around me, (laughs) I was no easy character to hang around back then. Stupid was what I was. Hey, that's too big of a man right there. He didn't even know me then. He's over there amening it. Daniel over there knew me. Don't ask him nothing. He's saved. I'm saved. And that's all that matters. Say amen right there, Daniel. That's all that matters. Our past is in the past. So I'm ready tonight. I was ready yesterday. I'm ready tonight. I pray I'll be ready tomorrow. What about you? How many of us know somebody that ought to get ready? Whether they've ever been saved or never been saved. It doesn't really matter. How are they living tonight? Where are they standing with God tonight? He said he is going to judge the quick and the dead. And his righteousness is true. His judgment is true. He knows everything about us. You may have forgot it. And the only way God will forget it is when you get saved and he throws it away. 
never to be remembered anymore. Boy, I'm glad for that word never. Amen. I'm glad God don't look back in the book and say, hey, hey, hey. I'm glad he don't look back in that book. Because he gave me a new book and wrote my name in it. Amen. I'm glad he's a just, living, merciful God. Let's stand together. You've got somebody on your heart tonight you need to bring to the altar and cry out for. Would you come right now? Pray that they'll get ready before time ends. Pray that God will help you to help them find the true and living God to get them ready. Lord, let me be an instrument used by you to help get them ready. They need to be ready. What about you? Father, I thank you tonight for the people of God that's here tonight. Thank you, Lord God, for my precious friend and his wife. And the precious, precious, precious Lord, what a testimony was given of God's mercy on this night. Thank you, Lord God, for every soul in this building that's come together, Lord, to worship and praise you. Father, there's many on our hearts tonight. We've got numbers wrote on the wall up here. Num- numerous people's name that need Jesus. God, we bring them all before you tonight. We know, God, that in a moment, in the twinkling of the eye, this thing could be over. So we beg you now, Father, right now, in the precious holy name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, that you go to each and every one of them and speak to their heart. That, Father, they'll realize and know where they stand with God right this moment. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy and long-suffering, Father. For I know some of them, Lord, you've been calling on for many, many, many years. So, Father, have your will and way in these hearts and these lives we're praying for. God, that they'd all be saved, sanctified in the house of God, ready, ready to go. In that moment, in that twinkling of an eye, we bless and praise your name tonight, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen.